Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. I just want to do things that I know that give me pleasure. So I'm hyper-organized and I've automated as much as I possibly can so that I can dedicate my time to exploring and expanding my knowledge base because that's all I want to do. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 22. In this episode, I'm joined by Lee Curry, a memory keeper, blogger, and multi-passionate coach. Our conversation will explore how Lee's personal development interests and practices have informed and intersect with her scrapbooking journey. Hey, Lee, how are you today? I'm doing well. How about you, Jennifer? Fantastic. I am so looking forward to this conversation. I have been following your blog for a really, really long time, and I can't wait to get to know you a little bit better. Thank you. Thrilled to be here, actually. I am so glad. So to kick things off, could you share just a little bit about yourself to give our audience some context if they are not familiar with you yet? Sure. Um, I live in Oakville, Ontario, which is just outside of Toronto, where I've raised my four children. And I have two Labradoodles, and I now have an empty nest. And things are changing. And um, I was a stay-at-home mom for the duration. And I don't know. I've been scrapbooking since 2002. Ooh, wow. Long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, as I mentioned kind of before we got started here, that you're such a role model to me. You're in a different season of life. And I love learning and hearing from your experiences and, and all the things we're going to talk about today with the intersection between your own personal development and your memory keeping. So I think this mm-hmm. is going to be a good conversation. <laughs> well, it'll be varied. One thing we love to do in the podcast is to share one thing, or maybe two, that's exciting you right now. What do you have in mind right now? Right now, I this is going to be my very first week in life with no children. Wow. And I, part of me didn't want to do it because I don't have any kids around. And then the rest of it was, well, no, I have a life that's full and valuable just because it's mine. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So th- that was the challenge. Like, how am I going to do this and make it all about me (laughs) and the dogs? Well, I can't wait to see how it turns out and what you learn from that process and and how I'm sure there's going to be so many different comparisons about what your life was like even a year ago versus now. So that'll be fun. It's a nice way to keep track of growth. What about you? Um, mine is this journal. It's just the Michaels brand artist loft, but it, it, I got it on sale. And that's really why I bought it. Cause it was a pretty color. It's like this, um, 
what's that called? It's kind of like a, a faded lime green. So it looks very natural, like some of the, the early spring flowers that are, mm-hmm. that are green or that, that pretty. really pretty grass. And it has this like pseudo leather cover and it just feels really luxe, but it was only $2.99 because oh it was on clearance. <laughs> and it just felt, it was like inviting me. I was like, I need a new blank journal. I want to do some like collage and vision boarding type things in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really looking forward to to diving in for maybe, I don't know, kind of a summer project with it. Nice. Yeah. So I, I I am not usually like the uh, bargain shopper in terms of, you know, quote unquote, spaving or, or picking up things just because. So mm-hmm. doing something like this is just, yeah, it's always a big excitement for me. <laughs> and I hate shopping. I break out in hives. Yeah, it's it's challenging. I swear the older I get, the the, the less I like shopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I, I in my observations of you, it feels like you're such a, a student of life with such a diverse range of interests. And so I'm curious what kind of training you've received on all these different things. And maybe you can share a little bit about the, all these different areas in which you're passionate. Oh, my goodness. Um, it basically started, I had these four kids and I was in a new town and I was overwhelmed. Um, scrapbooking offered an escape for me and a reason to, uh, get back to my first love, which is photography. And then, uh, for a long time, I didn't add any words. And then I learned that there was this entire blogging community. So it helped me with my words. So I was able to follow people like, um, I don't know, Susanna Conway. Oh, she's one of my favorites for sure. She's fabulous. And then um, Karen Walrand. And uh, so a few people who were just able to, you know, provide me with uh, permission to be authentic, which I was finding quite lacking. And um, I am not that scrapbooker who needed to match my children's outfits with the paper. So, and... uh, I've it morphed quickly into writing the stories as opposed to taking the pictures. And uh, then because I was in that, in a weird space and uh, just looking for um, just like a community. Mm-hmm. And I learned, uh, I, I, fortunately for me, I met uh, Monica, Monica McNeil. Oh my God. Monica McNeil really early on. And she ha- pointed me in so many different directions to learn so many different things and of course I learned quickly to heed all her her advice and uh, so from her I found uh, Brene Brown and um, it kind of morphed into gifts of imperfection gave me all the permission I needed to explore a lot of things that I just really wanted to learn about so from her I learned about uh, Carl Jung and started on my, that kind of a woo journey, Joseph Conrad, writing a lot more. And that kind of morphed into my finding um, Danielle Laporte, who does the desire map. And I became a facilitator, which all required having a big book club. So then I had a group at home that I could really relate to because it uh, appealed to them as well as it appealed to me. And um, so, yeah, so it's just been little bits and pieces. I've, um, I've, 
I love the prompts that Danielle provides. I love the courses that Brene has on. Um, I've spent a little bit of the last year um, learning what I call woo. So it's uh, I went to Oracle school for two years. I can now read tarot cards and Oracle cards. And who did you and, do that through? Oh, I did that with Colette Baron Reed. Okay. I have I have her spirit animal deck and I actually picked that as one of my what's exciting me now things earlier this yeah. year. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So um at, at Oracle School you primarily do her wisdom of the Oracle cards. Okay. And uh and through that for the last six months I did a master class with her. Very exciting. And uh I think about thirty other people. And uh so it's been like this just journey and I've actually kind of come full circle. So now I'm back into blogging, scrapbooking, and the things that I always loved to do, but thought that there had to be more. So you're actually in a creative writing program right now. I am. I'm taking the continuing studies course in creative writing at the University of Toronto. And how did that come about? I've been taking a couple of writing. Well, it came from a sense of I never got my university degree. Okay. And feel a little underqualified and I want to write a book and figure I should have something after my name that says I'm allowed to write a book. So so I know in my head that I don't need the course, but I feel more comfortable learning how to actually construct a novel. Well, that makes sense. And I think we all have our own comfort level and our needs to have certain things in place, if you will, to, to, to give ourselves that permission. There's, there's steps sometimes. Yeah. So, um, so I've taken it for the last, I started it last summer and, um, I just finished two of the mandatory courses and, um, passed. Thank goodness. Congrats. (laughs) And now I'm, um, I would say I'm a third of the way through my novel. And both of my professors said that to keep going, because it's good, which made me feel good. And um, so, yeah, so now I've got, I don't even know, I think it's 20 more courses that I have to take in order to get this. And I'm taking two this summer. Okay. So yeah. quite, a, quite a journey ahead for you still, but it sounds like you're enjoying it. Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm so fascinated by this whole story that, you know, I had no idea that this really started with scrapbooking and memory keeping and everything evolved from there, from this fascination with story and exploring your own story, which just caused you to, to go out and seek more tools to do that. Yes, that's exactly uh, well put. <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk a little bit more about how you use the desire map framework and your own core desired feelings. Maybe you can even share a little bit about what that really is okay. to set short and long-term goals. Um, a few years ago on um, in our book club, we actually read Desire Map, but we, I'm sure a lot of people could use a refresher or even an introduction for the first time. Sure. So um, the whole idea is, um, and it, it usually happens over a weekend, it's a workshop. And the whole idea is to come up with four or five words that resonate with you, with meaning that really is your meaning. Um, and that, w- that is like a touchstone for making decisions. So the whole idea is, uh, how, the first question is, how do you want to feel? So um, my words are, 
allow, trust, connect, grace, and expand. Not my waist, but everything else. <laughs> and um, so for me, because I went through a lot of, you know, sweat and tears to come drill down to those five words. If a situation comes up and it, it doesn't meet those five words, it's an easy no. I love that. And that's what I use it for. And I chose my words, not as a, like a year long, but more of a, this is who I, I know I am. And these are the things I need in my life in order to live the life I want. Honoring my core desired feelings just gives me some sense of control when it comes to uh, whether or not I want to be going to a certain workshop or to accept an invitation or go out with a group or and if it doesn't meet the my five criteria, I, it's just easy to say no or yes. And more often than not, it's a yes. And uh, but it took some time to get down to those. And it's funny because the the words that I ended up with and the words I went into the workshop thinking were my core desired feelings are completely different. Oh, fascinating. I'm curious of when you're trying to get to that yes point, do you have to like get past some resistance that maybe you have something else that's nagging you and then you have to remember these core desired feelings in order to get to that yes because you have whatever whatever demons inside of you are preventing you from feeling that. Yes. So it's it's becoming less of a conscious effort Mm -hmm. because I've been doing it now for a couple of years. But, um, but yeah, and, and, and I, this may sound silly, but um, if I'm not in that space, or I'm still kind of arguing with myself, I've, I've learned this wonderful thing called a pendulum, <laughs> which gives you a yes or no answer. Okay. And so I will pull that out if I'm stuck, if it's like, okay, I can't, you know, or if it's choice between two things, and it's a yes for both, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So I've I've had a little bit of a woo detour through this whole journey, which has actually just provided more tools to make better decisions. Well, that's like that's that's what I love about all these different tools is that yeah, you you can call them woo and you can uh, ascribe whatever belief in that as you want, mm-hmm. but it is a, it's a tool, it's an opportunity for you to look at a question differently. And yes. it's just something providing you some more information that maybe you didn't have before or a way Precisely. of looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. So it's, uh, and, and I just call it woo because it's just, for me, it's fun. Yeah. And, um, and I've learned a lot. So I, I kind of take like all of these modalities from, you know, the, the seriousness of uh, Brene Brown's message to the more, um, uh, forceful spiritually kind of thing that Danielle has and then you kind of meld that in with you know my favorites who are Kathy Zilski and Allie Edwards kind of throw them in Mm -hmm. and in the end I kind of come up with something that works for me my and it works for me well that's what's most important that's really the whole point of this podcast is to share all these different ways that work for people and then everyone you know picks and chooses from that buffet of options to Absolutely. come up with their plate of you know memory keeping formats and priorities and approaches okay so um uh with the core desired feelings and scrapbooking it just really does give me um 
permission to do things. So I'm, I'm allowed to write any story that I want to write because it's my story. And there's that whole Anne Lamott, you know, if, you know, if you should, if you wanted things, nice things to be said about you, you should behave better. (laughs) And, uh, so I'm like, okay, so I'm allowed to write my story. It doesn't have to be your story, even though we were in the same room together. Correct. I mean, that's, that's something that I think, especially, um, moms often feel this need that we have to write our children's stories, but they're, they're living their own. We can only tell yes. it from our perspective. Exactly. So, um, I'm very conscious about not sharing my children's stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have, just ch- uh, but there's always been a, like a level of permission and they humor me. It's, it's, you know, they're, they're just like, okay, whatever, mom, just go ahead. Cause every year I do a, a page for each of them for, um, for my year end book mm-hmm. and, uh, for their birthdays. And I write some pretty specific, you know, personal things about them, but I ask them if, if it's okay, if I can share it on the blog and they're really good about it. And so I do. And then, um, but it's like, and so I trust, which is another one of my core desired feelings and, uh, that, that, that will be fine. And then expand just provides me with the ability to take in more things that I'm not necessarily comfortable with. Like certainly going from analog scrapbooking to digital scrapbooking was for me a huge leap. Okay. And interesting. One that I love, I can't believe that it took me so long. I mean, I had a digital camera sitting on a, on a, you know, on a shelf for about four years before I even picked it up. And, um, so, and then, and then it's a matter of just, you know, giving yourself a little bit of grace, you know, when, when, when there's hard stuff, you know, and, um, I'm the first one to be hard on myself. Aren't we all? That's for sure. I think (laughs) a lot of our listeners can agree with that sentiment. So, uh, so a little bit of grace goes a long way. You know, and whatever that grace means to you. So grace for me is like a little bit of gratitude, a little bit of forgiveness, a little bit of, you know, uh, patience and um, all those really good things that I'm not necessarily good at. I'm curious how this this way of thinking influences the, the starting and finishing and, and maybe even stopping of projects. I certainly stopped a few things like midway because it just didn't, I didn't find this fulfillment that I need. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, really, really, it's just one big fat permission slip that you, you've, you've drilled down and figured out what it is that you need to have permission to do. And, uh, but you can also, it gives you permission to stop. Well, and to, and to also recognize that you're, you're always changing, your life is never the same, even day to day. And what's exciting you and lighting you up right now may not be the same thing in three months. So maybe that project was supposed to be a three month project. Not exactly. everything has to be this like year container that and, and, and have these uh, long term expectations around it. Oh, exactly. And l- honestly, like if you had said to me, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when I started blogging, that I would be blogging, I would think you were crazy. Because for me, it was a placeholder for stories. And then it morphed into other things. Uh-huh. Then it became then it became a diary. Then it became you know, a confessional. <laughs> it was just... So to you, it was kind of like the pre-work for your scrapbooking. Yes. And then it really has 
evolved into its own practice in itself. Yes. And, um, and that's that. Yeah. So it, it is actually in, I, so I do my practices, um, on my calendar. Okay. Can you tell us a little more about that? Well, everything that means anything to me gets included. It's always on the list, okay. but my lists are pretty inefficient when they're just lists. So I actually have to carve out time for the things that are important to me. All of my projects are basically color coded in my, um, get to work book. And, uh, I specifically spend time on, uh, so I blog on a certain day for certain things. And then I always get my, um, scrapbook year, year done, like within two weeks of the end of the month. And I have that scheduled in there because if I don't, I mean, life will just take over for me. Like I'm that person who like schedules my day in my phone with reminders, like, okay, it's time to eat breakfast. Because if I didn't, I would be two o'clock in the afternoon. Before you got to it. Yeah. Before I got, yeah. And, you know, like feed the dogs. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good idea. So, so we talk a you lot know? about Gretchen Rubin on here. Are, do you consider yourself an oh, upholder okay. or an obliger? Oh, upholder. Okay. Because that's what I'm wondering is you seem to have a lot of discipline. And I'm wondering if that's, it's that learned over the years or have you always really had that uh, internal accountability system in place? Uh, well, um, well, I don't know. I'm a Virgo, Virgo rising. So, I mean, keeping everything in order is co- kind of comes naturally to me. Uh-huh. It's like, and it's always been that way since, you know, I was a little kid, mind you. Like you look at my desk, I have papers everywhere, but I know exactly where everything is. Yeah. But there are certain things like any drawer that you open, it's, there's no mess. My mess is <laughs> out for everybody to see, but, and, uh, but I do. Yeah. So it's, I've always had a calendar. I've always had a notebook and all of my notebooks are basically you know, I've got everything in them. Like I've got recipes in them. I've got quotes that I like. I've got to-do lists that I have to do. And I just go through these quad pads of lists and have sometimes it gets translated into the calendar most of the time, you know, but I'm that person who also every fifth Friday is my maintenance day. Okay. So and what do you do on maintenance day? My hair gets cut. My legs get waxed. I get a pedicure and it's all scheduled every fifth Friday. I go and I do basically a spa day and it's to me, it's just maintenance day. Okay. And so I know that every, I don't wait until, oops, I should go in and get this done. I just have it scheduled. And the lady over at the spa is like, this is fantastic. Can we get everybody to do this? Yeah. I wait until my split ends are so bad and the products won't flatten them anymore. And I'm like, oh, I really should go get a haircut. (laughs) So I figured out that really, for me, every five weeks, you know, and in the wintertime, like I'll toss in a facial, you know, like every, it. you know, for three months, it's like, or, you know, three, three appointments, I also get a facial. And, uh, but that's how I, it sounds really uptight now that it's out loud, but it actually. No, I don't uh, think so. I mean, I'm sure it helps you create more space because you're getting a lot done in one day and now you have, you know, the other 4.95 weeks to do all other things. And I, I, and for me, it's like I've automated, 
I automate a lot of stuff so I don't have to spend a lot of time thinking about it. So that like, you know, and I'm that type of person that I can have the same breakfast every day. Mm -hmm. And I really don't care as long as I'm having breakfast every day, which to me is a win. Because for 25 years, I didn't have breakfast. Well, it almost seems like an an oxymoron to automate self-care, but it sounds like it's a way to to be practical about it so that it actually happens. Yeah. So if I didn't do that, I know that it wouldn't happen. All right. So I'm, I'm curious what all is on this calendar of things you do on a routine, but what are all your practices and, and how does <laughs> scrapbooking fit into that? And if you could maybe hit the high points of the things that you do regularly within a given month or, or five week period, if those, if the five weeks is maybe your boundaries. Sure. Well, essentially, you know, you got the minutia of the day mm-hmm. and then, uh, but I've got, um, so Every Thursday is basically, it's think day. So there's, I don't go on the computer. So everything is, um, that's when I do all my planning. It's when I do a lot of my writing. I mean, as computer, as in internet, mm-hmm. I do a lot of things. So I digitally scrapbook. So I get all of my pages done for like the months. And that'll be one project for that one Thursday. And then the next Thursday, it'll be, okay, so what's coming up on the editorial calendar for the blog? And can I pre-plan some things? And um, then another day, it's, um, you know, another like project-based, so scrapbook-based or story-based. Or I'll go out and, um, oh, it's a beautiful day take the dogs and we go for a walk or I take myself into, you know, town and take pictures. So it's like one day uh, a week that I'm able to just not, not have any deadlines, not be interrupted by anything. My kids are getting used to the fact that I'm not going to answer the phone. And, but every day, part of the practice is 10 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the evening, I meditate for half an hour. Ooh, okay. And do you, do you, do you use an app or do you use whatever's in your head? How do you, how do you do that? I actually do. I use, um, I awake technologies. Okay. Um, they are there. You can't really, it's not really an app. You have to go into their system, download their stuff and then put it on your phone. Okay. It's a bit cumbersome, but, um, it's really effective. And for a long time, I was not sleeping very well. I, w- I had a hard time getting used to not having anybody in the house. Oh, I bet. And, when my, even when my uh, husband's traveling, I can't go to sleep yeah. because it's, I hear every creak and I'm, you know, who's going to come murder me now? <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a paranoia there, I guess. Yeah. So I, I just had a really hard, and I wasn't sleeping deeply. I wasn't sleeping mm-hmm. well. So I uh, downloaded the, um, the sleeping app or sleeping uh, meditation. And I got myself a Bluetooth headband. And so it connects. And so at night I have this headband on and according to my Fitbit, I sleep very well. (laughs) So, and there has been a huge change. And then I think on top of having the practice of doing like, and I will, in all honesty, like sometimes I don't even make it to 10 o'clock at night. So, you know, but I'm meditating all night long. So I do have, but 10 o'clock in the morning for 20 minutes, half an hour, just kind of like unplug from everything and just, and it's almost like that I've been able to grow time because of this practice. How long have you been doing that this way with a 10 and 10? Oh, solidly for six months. 
because it's uh I would encourage anybody like even if you do it for five minutes like a half you have to really build yourself up to you know 20 minutes a half hour oh I'm sure but really once you pass the 20 minute part and it's really funny because my my regular doctor she's uh she's really funny she teases me because she goes I can't meditate for two minutes and it's my people who who teach people how to meditate (laughs) (laughs) I just think I don't know how you do it how can you even do it for 20 minutes and so I told her about the whole I awake thing and she's doing it now. So it's, it's been really helpful. And then, um, but I've taken like, now that I don't have the kids at home, I've taken like taking care of myself really seriously. And, um, so like I have a, you know, trainer comes in, I got Aquafit classes. I'm like your typical old lady. <laughs> that sounds awesome to me. But I'm at the top. I'm at the top of the list now. Yeah. I can eat whatever food I want. You know, I've had more salmon in the past year just because I have kids who want to eat fish. Yeah. So it's just been a nice kind of transition into like real, real adulthood to me. Like there's the busy of the raising the kids. And then there's, and their problems now are harder and far more emotional, but uh, they're not as constant. Well, and, and there's not as often as much urgency. I'm certainly there. There certainly is some of the time. I have I have two adult stepsons who are 24 and 28, and certainly the problems are very different. But often, most of the time, it's not. I need you right this moment to do something. Yeah. And then the other thing is, but they're really funny because I'll say to them, you know, do you want to come home and figure out like your core desired feelings? And they look at me like, Mom, what? <laughs> or do you want to pick your word of the year? And they're like, what? No, you do that. That's your thing. You can do that. Mm-hmm. You know? And so like for my core desired feelings, I'm able to supplement that with my word of the year. So this year it's slow. Oh, I love that. And it is much slower than most years. But most of my friends are like, you're insane. Why are you doing so many things? Why this workshop? Why that? And I'm like, but I love it. Well, and if it feels you know? slow to you, that's what really matters. Right. Because everything is all relative to your own uh, sense of, of time and, and stress level and everything. So what, what feels full and, and overwhelming to one person might feel slow and leisurely to another. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like allergic to the word busy. So I do prefer full. And when it, I find like I can be overwhelmed just as easily as anybody else. And so I just stop. You know, I could stop for a while. I could stop forever. But it's whatever, you know, works. And I know that there are things out there and I can, you know, always pick up. But there have been things that I've stopped doing and I've just never done it again. You know, like I always wanted to think, I always thought I wanted to be a pottery person. Mm -hmm. And so one of the first things I signed up for was pottery classes. And um, because I have psoriasis, um, I can't do pottery ah, because the silica in the, um, yeah. it, my hands like basically disappeared. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I don't want to do that. You know, it's pretty and I can appreciate it, but that's not for me. So I went through this whole process of, you know, taking painting classes and all this stuff. And I've kind of come back into this. I'm really comfortable with the stuff that I already knew that I love doing like photography. I love. But you wouldn't have known that without trying. 
Um, no. And I think that's exactly. one of the hardest part about both being a crafter and a business owner is that A, you don't have to monetize everything you create. And B, yes. you don't have to, any every craft that you appreciate, you don't necessarily have to make yourself. You can, you know, purchase things from other crafters who love what they do because exactly. you can't do all the crafts. <laughs> No, and I would, you know, oh, I really wish I could do, you know, and honestly, the only thing I think I would like to do is when I was about 12 or 14, I used a needlepoint. And um, it's hard to find any of that stuff. I'm like, wow. And I did it up until I was about 25. Mm -hmm. And then I put all the needles away. (laughs) Because, you know, too many children. So, uh, but it's like, oh, I wonder. And then at the same time, I'm like, no, that's okay. Somebody else can do that. Well, and you never know. In a few years, you may you may have that interest again, and you can pick something yep. up and decide if this is how you want to spend your time. I know I call myself a seasonal knitter. I really only have interest in knitting in like November and December. Yeah. It's when it's like really cold. I'm thinking about finishing that scarf I started a decade ago. I might knit a little mm-hmm. bit, and then I'm not, I don't care anymore. <laughs> exactly. And that's okay, too. Yes. And that's the thing. It's okay. You know, I, I, I find um, I no longer because, you know, well, I'm 54 now. So it's I don't have the pressure that I had when I was 24, 34, even 44. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different kind of thing. I, it, it, like really at the end of the day, does it matter if I needlepoint again? No. You know, but will it give, you know, I just want to do things that I know that give me pleasure. So I'm hyper organized. <laughs> And I've automated as much as I possibly can so that I can dedicate my time to exploring and expanding my knowledge base. Because that's all I want to do. Like looking back to the, to the 24, 34, and 44, what, what advice do you have to back to your younger self of um, how to get the most out of these practices, even if it looks different than what you mm-hmm. could do now? I think I would encourage anybody just to like learn it from those who know what they're doing. Follow the, you know, the, the gurus and the, those who do it best or, you know, but then do your own thing. Like, it's like, you can't break the rules until you know the rules, but learn the rules and then just go break them everywhere. Well, it gives you a frame of reference too. So you know, you yeah. know what you're doing. It's that awareness of an intention of this is what I'm doing and, and this is what I'm not doing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it's just, you know, I think, um, I, when you're younger, you, you're, you're, it's almost like you have, um, this rebellious nature that, you know, and you have, you, you don't see consequences, the same way you do, like I can see them now, like they're everywhere. And, um, and I would like to have just a little bit of that younger fiery to hell with it kind of attitude. Oh yeah. I never saw consequences of eating pizza, you know, 15 years ago. And now it's like, Oh, I'd rather not. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I'd like to have a little bit of that where I am now with the knowledge that I have now. Yeah, no, that's true. That is, that is very true. You know, so, you know, but you make the best of it and carry on. And I, I plan to live a nice, long, long, long life. So I hope I'm just only halfway there. And then one of the practices you've been really consistent with on your blog over time has been this Hello Monday. Yes. Can you tell us more about that? 
Um, so, uh, Lisa Leonard years ago, I think she might still do it. Um, she had a hello Monday post and, um, and it just really appealed to me because I, I am generally an optimist and I got really tired of everybody boohooing about Mondays. So I'm like, I'm not, I would, and I never, ever looked for, even when I was working and everything was crazy. Um, you know, the weekends were great, but I loved what I did, you know, and uh, so I was always looking forward to Monday. So it really appealed to me, this whole Hello Monday thing. And um, it's funny because Kenda Bloom, who just redid my entire um, website for me, she goes, I like Hello Monday. So that's what we're going to call your new your new site. <laughs> like, oh, OK. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess I'm committed now because every year, like in December, I wonder, should I do Hello Monday again? I don't know. And then I'll ask a couple of girlfriends and they're going, uh, well, that's a no brainer. Of course you're going to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I have, it's morphed a little bit over the years and, um, it's all depends upon the amount of time I have. Like it started off with a lot of photos and now it's different. I don't have the same number of things to take pictures of because when you have a bunch of kids running around, there's always something. Correct. And now, I mean, there are only so many photos you can take of a labradoodle or two, (laughs) you know. So, uh, yeah, so I do love the practice. It really gets me um, thinking about how I want to frame my weeks and how, you know, and, you know, how you how you spend your day is how you spend your life. So it's like, you know, it gives me a chance on Sunday evenings to go oh okay that's what's going on in the weekend how do I think about it like how am I feeling do am I dreading it am I not and I find over the last year I'm just a little bit more uh forthright about I really don't want to do this or you know whatever that event is whereas before I always tried to frame everything so that it was more positive and now it's not that it's negative it's just that it's fleshed out a little bit more well, and you can explore explore your feelings around things and try to mm-hmm. work through them in advance or make course corrections so that that's not part of your week anymore. Right. Um, it's that it sounds like it's a, it's a realigning practice every week. Yeah. So, uh-huh. yeah. So, yeah. So I've kind of curated these little things, these practices that I do so that I, you know, I, I, I'm evolving into like the better person I know I'm capable of being. Does that make sense? It does. And, and I'm wondering of all the things that you do, which one do you think makes the biggest difference? Um, the meditation. That's what I was going to guess. <laughs> the meditation and my calendar. Those sound like they're very underpinning to anything else happening. Because if you, if you don't yeah. have the meditation, you're not in the right space to even follow through with what's on the calendar. Right. So everything flows from those two things. And um, yeah, so it's been, it's been an interesting journey. I've, I've learned so much and I encourage everybody, like if you've got time, learn about you. Cause it's, uh, because when you get, you know, cause your kids are not always going to be around and you have to live with you. And I needed to become the person that I could live with in a nice, you know, nice house, but it echoes. (laughs) So, 
Um, and I have tons of girlfriends and we go off and we do things and I've been traveling and I've been learning a lot of stuff, but really at the end of the day, it's, it's me and, uh, my cup of tea and my dogs at my feet. How do you think your, your scrapbooking projects uh, are evolving in this season of life and, and will in, in the years to come? I find, even though I'm still doing the scrapbook year year, um, and I'm taking my kids, actually, they're very cute. They send me, um, uh, photos and stuff of their days so that I include it in the book. Oh, I love that. And, uh, so they're very involved in that, but I'm finding I'm doing things that are more album based. And, um, so like basically pick a theme and write on it kind of thing. It's, um, I did it years ago. There was a prompt in December called reverb. Mm-hmm. And you know I could you know write out things, but I'm finding I'm just doing like so. I'm looking forward to one of the projects I have on my list is um, Ali Edwards just came out with a food-based um, digital um, art, and um, I want to do a recipe book for each one of my children of all the favorites that they have. That sounds really fun. So and now it's like oh I've got that and. You know, and oh yeah, Kathy did a like a layout. This is fabulous. I can get it all together. So that's kind of the next kind of thing that I want to do is just do something you know for my family, and uh, it'll probably be something like that. It, it sounds like you're very obviously very forward thinking, optimistic. How how does that intersect with stories from the past that you've not yet told? Um. I don't know that there are a lot of stories that I haven't told okay, <laughs> or at least addressed. So I have, uh, I do have like in, in the big notebooks that I keep, you know, it's like things will tr- trigger memories and I go, Oh, I hadn't thought about that in years. Or you run into somebody who you haven't seen in years and mm-hmm. they ask you some random questions, like something they really remember about you. Like I ran into one of the moms at school who I went to school with her from grade four to grade eight. And I haven't seen her a minute since. And then we ended up with our kids at the same high school. Wow. And her, she said to me, you were so different when you were in high school. You were, you know, like you had no problem wearing army, navy, hand-me-downs and you were such a feminist and you weren't going to get married and you were going to have all your kids regardless and you were going to do this. And I looked at it and I said, what? <laughs> and she goes, it's amazing. Everything you wanted to do, you actually got. And I had no memory of this. And it was so clear to her. So it was funny just sitting down and going, wow, really? And she's like, yeah, you were like kick-ass. <laughs> like, I do not remember that <laughs> at all. Well, those those types of stories are, I know, are some of my favorite to scrapbook and the things I've been thinking a lot about is that when you have that that remembrance, but then connecting it to everything that's followed since and how like things come full circle or yeah. things that like these seeds that were planted in the past have come to fruition in the future. I, those are the stories that I really am loving to tell. Yes. And I'm really enjoying because my uh, my sister and I go away for a week every year. And, um, so sometimes, you know, when you, you remember something, but you're not quite sure if it's true Uh huh. 
and you're able to actually bounce it off a sibling and they go, oh my God, and do you remember this happened too? Then you know you're absolutely in truth. Yeah. You know, and that's when I feel really, really good. And those are the stories. So I'll jot down, you know, remember to tell about this or remember to tell about that. I mean, it was so many people. It was so funny. Like, Lee, would you please write, write a memoir? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sick of my story. I don't want to write a memoir. But I'll use it for fodder for other stories. Certainly. And then, um, yeah, because it's, you know, like been there, done that. I, I don't need to flesh it out anymore, you know. And, uh, you know, that's what therapists are for. And they're wonderful. <laughs> and then you move on. You know, because you don't, I find a lot of people can get stuck there too. And they don't move past their, it's almost like, a, it's not, not always, but often a victim story. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go back to that place because I've, you know, evolved out of it. And, um, but it's still part of what made me me. So I'm very mindful of it, but I don't have it keep me places I don't want to be. Yeah. But it's, you know, every, and everybody, you know, it's, uh, it's like my Kundalini yoga teacher says, you know, just put the backpacks down, just put the backpacks down, just, you know. And you feel so much lighter at the end of it because, yeah, just pack it up in a backpack and just leave it behind. Well, and I know that like all of the practices that you do and for all of us who are scrapbookers, we have that sense of release as we put these stories onto page, the the good and the bad ones. Yes. And and for a long, long time, it was taboo to put the bad, quote unquote, bad ones and I was always very much, you have to have the good stories with the not so good stories, it, you know, because it gives you, I don't know how you can feel happiness and joy if you're not able to recognize sadness and grief and anger in a, in a constructive kind of way. Yeah, I think that constructive is the most important. And often it's not necessarily telling just the facts of the bad thing. It's what did you learn from it? How did you grow? How, you know, how did it change your life? Um, Because that's the way that you can celebrate those, those lows in life because they do shape us into who we are and who we will become in the future. And they make the good so much better. Like when you know that you've, you know, Overcome something, yeah. Overcome and it's mm-hmm. a victory, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you survived. Yes. Um, I'm curious. You you've mentioned various things about your photography, and both that you've you've had a passion for photography, but also that that has evolved because you have fewer subjects to photograph. So yeah. I'm curious how you see your, your, your photographic journey, how has it evolved and, and what is your relationship with photos now? Well, um, certainly I no longer take a lot of very bad photos inside. <laughs> it's all very much natural light. I like going outside and taking a lot of nature photos. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, they're just basically getting better, and I'm learning how to use light better. So it's very much a, a creative process for you, as yes. well as a, a documentation practice. Definitely. Uh, more so now, because, you know, it's it's kind of like a <clears throat> put a pretty picture with <laughs> put a pretty picture with a blog post, but every once in a while, it's like, oh my god, I have absolutely nothing. 
you know, and uh, you become creative really, really fast from nothing. You know, and that's the that's part of the challenge that I've enjoyed is I'm almost now leaving things to the last minute so that I can it almost forces you to be more creative because you've got a deadline. Interesting. Even if it's a fake deadline, it's your deadline. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, but it was like when I was scrapbooking when I had every tool, every piece of paper, every I had everything. I had a studio that was vomiting paper. It was unbelievable. And when I moved from one house to another house, I gave all of it away. So you're 100% digital now? Yeah. And when when was that transition? Mm, eight years ago. Okay. Eight or nine years ago. Yeah. So basically, yeah, when I moved and then, basic, and then I didn't have anything to scrapbook with. <laughs> I had the computer. And do you, you how, like, do you, it's my understanding you don't use a lot of product, maybe word art, but you're still, you're very words and photos focused in your scrapbooking. Words, photos, um, every once in a while, like I, um, I'll go over to, was it designer digitals and mm-hmm. get, um, paper, but, and, um, you know, and I use Kathy's templates and I use a lot of Allie's artwork. That seems to be the formula that I use. And then every once in a while, there's like Carla Dudley or there's some, there's other people that I know are immensely talented, but I don't use a ton of extra stuff, but I do like the extra stuff that I use, but it's really small so that I'm not overwhelmed anymore. Cause I know that when I was, you know, like I had like pick a Brad, pick a color, pick, you know, I had all of it and it was exhausting. And then you spend all your time organizing it. Has your like your productivity and output changed since you were oh, paper? Yes. yes. And I'm, I, I, um, excuse me. I like it more. I just enjoy it more. I know the only difference is I don't get the immediate satisfaction of seeing it finished because it's a JPEG file. That's going to go someplace like at the end of the year or at the end of the project. So there's a certain level of got to wait and see how it turns out. Mm-hmm. And, and feel it in my hands. But you did have it scheduled on your calendar. So there's that, the incremental yes. accomplishment of whatever thing you completed. Exactly. So it's like, okay, that's done. Yay. Next. <laughs> and and then, yeah, so it's it's been fun. So I've done, I can't remember what the projects were this year. Oh, uh, Kathy had this album project. It's like message to my, you know, for me, it was message to my empty nest. Mm-hmm. So every week that I've had no kids at school or no kids at home, you know, this is the message. This is what I've learned this week, or this is what I've missed this week, or this is, you know, the crazy I got to avoid this week, you know, and, um, so that project. So I have like, that's what I was saying. Like I have miniature album projects. So that's like one of them that keeps me. So that'll be more immediate gratification because that'll be produced like in a couple of weeks when my daughter comes home from Edinburgh, because that's then it's officially her school year's over. Do you have kind of planning new scrapbook projects on your calendar? Does this happen more organically as a, a class or an opportunity arises, or you have an idea, or is it you know an annual, semi-annual? Like how how do you get from the point of I want to take on this to having it on your calendar and ready to to, to implement? 
I generally sit down in, um, cause I have an academic calendar. Mm-hmm. So I spend my summer just thinking of what did I, what did I really want to do that I wasn't able to do? What brilliant idea was out there that, you know, wow, she's fantastic. I'd love to be able to do something like that. And so, and then I percolate over it for, let's say, May, June, July, August, I put the calendar together. Nice. And some things make it, some things don't make it. And then there's notes at the end of the calendar about the things that didn't make it that I might want to think about doing for next year. But I've, go ahead. (laughs) But I've also, I no longer have the pressure to do like a December daily. I think I managed to do five. That's still a big accomplishment. That's my win. I did five. Yeah. And um, so, but so I no longer have that, but I do love the end of the year book. You know, and um, I've added a few things to it. And I know some people keep everything very pristine, but I throw in like my, gratitude pages, the kids' birthday pages, trips, places. I just throw everything into the book. I really wish that some of these producers could do more than 300 pages. So that could be bigger. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Because, you know, this last year I had to do in two albums. The thing you mentioned about that you operate on the academic year, I think that's something that has really, I don't know, sparked a lot of I don't know, different perspectives for me, whether or not you have children on the school year, it's, yeah. it's a really um, natural time frame because the summer is different. It um, is. The summer means you're probably outside more, you're adventuring more, you it's, it's hot, so you may not have as much energy, like you're just... It's a different pace and it's also very reflective and you're, you know, you may be reading more and consuming more Mm -hmm. information, but you're probably not creating as much. And so it's that perfect pause to to reset and rethink for what you want to accomplish in the year ahead. And for me, um, it, for me, it's always natural because my birthday is September 4th. Oh, okay. Perfect. So it just like Labor Day weekend has always been the start of my year. Mm Mm-hmm. So it just follows naturally. For me, my rhythm works better that way. I did try for a couple of years, you know, and uh, I I just can't do the January calendar. Well, there always feels to be such a rush, like after Christmas and New Year's. And it's like, okay, now I have to figure out my whole life, you know, before I go back to work after Christmas. And it feels... And then everybody's introducing all of their programs. Like there's so many things. Yes. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, could you please let me do this in March? (laughs) because there's too much choice Mm -hmm. and the nice thing is because I already have things on the calendar so I'm no longer tempted to gobble up all all the courses in January because you already have your priorities set I don't have anything any time to do it so but I do make note of and say okay take a look at this but for next year I love it yeah so it just gives me for me it's like I have natural pauses that I've just created, like there, there are a couple times that I drop everything. Oh my God, that's fantastic. You know, but even with the food thing came out a few weeks ago, I've bought it. I'm not starting that like probably until, you know, September, but there's no rush for me to do it because it's not like I have a deadline and my kids don't know about it. (laughs) So nobody's going to nag me. So, well, I think that's one of the, the, to, to get to that place where, 
you know what the plan is and it doesn't mean you can't audition new opportunities to incorporate in the plan but having a plan means you know what's next and Mm -hmm. and knowing as you were talking about your core desired feelings knows that when you have this new opportunity you can say yes or no and and have an idea if it's going to really be aligned with you because we often take on things that sound great but then we really didn't think about, is this practical? Is this going to fill me up? Is this really something I want to do? Or am I doing it out of you know FOMO because everyone else is doing it? Yes. And then the other uh, thing is sometimes things don't turn out the way you thought you purchased it to turn out to be. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it, and it didn't live up to the hype or it didn't you know, provide what you needed. And it's okay to say, okay, I'm not doing it anymore. It is. It is okay. You know, and uh, yeah, but I love that new thing that what came out, Jomo. Oh, the joy of missing out. I love that joy too. Of missing out. I'm like, oh yes, because I'm an introvert. So for me, like, cancel plans are the best. <laughs> I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh, okay. But you know, I I've just gone through like my kids are born like successively. Like, uh, it, they were um. Let's see, 22, 21, uh, 19, and 18. So I had to go through like eight years of middle school. Mm-hmm. So I lived <laughs> FOMO. And then I, you know, like, and it was just this constant, like they were in the same high school together. So I had like 11 years of high school wow. and middle school. And so I've gone through all of that. And so much so that I think a lot of my choices were made just so that I didn't have to deal with that again. Okay. Okay. You know, so because it's almost like you're you're learning the exact same lesson on repeat. Well, and it's I mean, there's a certain like Groundhog Day element that with each yeah. year, hopefully, you can improve and yeah. and learn from that. Well, I, I I certainly think my youngest took every story, and he's he's like, I just don't want to do any of that stuff. Yeah. You know, so he's you know, you expect you know, a, a little bit of grief somewhere along the way. And he's provided me none so far, knock on wood, <laughs> you know, but then he figures that his older sister made up for him. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, I would not trade any of it or any of the stories or any of it for anything. Of course. Yeah. Well, Lee, this has been so fun. We've covered so much ground, so many different topics. (laughs) I've loved learning more about your life and your practices. Can you share with everyone where we can find you and maybe anything that you have new or coming up soon? Oh, um, I'm at uh, leecurry.com. And I don't know if I have anything particularly new that's going to be coming up. Isn't that awful? I've got, I've got, I've got stuff that I had planned last year <laughs> coming up. Well, I know there'll be a lot of curiosity about your blog posts, and I'm sure you, you've documented a lot of these practices in your posts from oh, absolutely. the r- routine writing that you do to how you plan your projects. So we will definitely be including the link to your blog in the show notes. Um, again, thank you. thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. Um, I hope this show and all of our episodes really help you feel that permission to scrapbook your way. 